Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm back. (laughs) Welcome to what I'm calling Season 3 of Burnout. It's a podcast where I, Anupa Mystery, have short conversations about creative sustainability with working artists from Toronto and beyond. Everyone who's a fan of Zaki Ibrahim is like Zaki's biggest fan. She's an OG Toronto musician who cut her teeth on pretty much every stage in the city. And her 2018 album, The Secret Life of Planets, is a personal favorite of mine. Zaki made the album during a really rough period of her life when she gave birth to her son and lost her father within a really short span of time. On a cold and rainy day, accompanied by the sound of church bells outside and a sound check in the studio below, Zaki goes super deep about being a nomad, making music and living life from Vancouver to Toronto to Cape Town, South Africa. Connecting with a crowd that is hard, like that screw face, kind of like the hip hop Mm. culture of Toronto. It's very, it is hard, but it's a beautiful training ground, as is Joburg. Because it's a different kind of screw face, I'm sure, right? Yeah, you can, you have to battle, like you have to bring it, like no pussyfooting, no like... You know what I mean? You have to uh, you go that you go and you 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 bring yourself yeah. and all your ancestors with you. Mm. You know. songs have been doing it for um my whole life no who says that everyone says that right no no um I don't know how long I've been doing it for I would say like professionally from the time that I printed up that first 13 years EP yep 2006 yep my first um EP which was a this the legend has it that (laughs) Um, like I think it was on MySpace Mm -hmm. and it was printed up for promo only Mm -hmm. to begin with and I think there were 500 copies and it was for the purpose of having something to sell on the African Way Tour that was with um, Kanan and Domi and the Volume Mm. and myself DJ Nana and nice. it was a very like it was a really lovely tour that was with District Six Music, and it was for the purpose of selling something off stage while like assisting in tour managing while tearing down. Um, I learned how to like strike a a band, like tear down a drum kit and pack it away and quickly pack a car and like that kind of stuff. But I wasn't bent on being a recording artist. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't figure it out. I didn't know what I wanted to do. It was I felt like I was my my stream was more social social justice, political something. I felt like I was a bit too indulgent at the time to be just be chasing my uh, mm. recording artist dreams. You know, Sony Music was interested. Um, we did an EP together, Eclectica. Episodes in Purple, 
the, the color themes and the super deep like conceptual stuff that goes behind anyway half in but at the same time working really hard at it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like if I'm going to do anything at all I'm not going to half step it but this isn't my thing thing right or I'm going to try to do it really well and not insult people I grew up between living in um, small town Nanaimo British like Jeez. the island yeah and Cape Town which, in a way, the kind of life that I had in Cape Town was also kind of small. Oh, okay. Because it was kind of shrouded by family. Okay. But it's extremely dense and populous place, though, no? Yeah. Yeah. But I lived within a Muslim community. Mm-hmm. Went to a Muslim school and went to madrasa after Muslim school. Mm-hmm. You know, meeting my family outside of the family for the first time was moving to the big city of Vancouver Mm. we uh, smoked a bunch of weed and started to do like beatboxing repetitive beatboxing and it wasn't always weed induced it was um it was just like everyone getting together and feeding off each other Mm -hmm. um we had like friends that were promoters and DJs and we would be hosting um people like Slum Village Mm. at our house and people like just all sorts of people that came through. I can't, I, I, the list The list is pretty long, mm-hmm. but it did, didn't mean anything at the time. It was kind of like, this is just life. Like, we're just, you know, whooping it up in Vancouver. And then, yeah, there's a scene, but is there, where does the scene lead to? Where does the music lead to? I know yeah. that I have music in me. Mm. Um, but it wasn't necessarily music that led me to Toronto. Okay. A lot of my friends left. Tanika left. Mm. Jazar left Mm -hmm. the b-boys and then I was like I'm coming with Mm -hmm. then I like showed up with the two suitcases and like got a job the next day at Vice the Vice store on Queen there was this Vice store? there was a Vice store that sold Queen and what? Spadina oh my gosh next to um, the shoe shop get outside very close to Spadina on the the South south side yeah yeah what? What was in the Vice store? What um, they sell? American Apparel? <laughs> American Apparel, pretty much. Yeah. They sold all sorts of things, like boutique, um, high-end streetwear. Okay. It was just before the like the sneaker, the sneaker fetish like blew up again. Yeah. We ended up selling whatever we wanted out of the store. Palestinian scarves were like super trendy, and it was funny because a lot of people weren't didn't know. I mean, it was an urban outfit. It was not long after that. But, yeah, I remember that. Um, I found them in, might have been on Gerard or somewhere for like six bucks each. And I think I sold them for like $50. <laughs> and Jazar and I made a label for them called AWOL. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? It was Anti-War Operation Love. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and they bought them and we sold out we're like yes and then we'd bring in sneakers and like start selling sneakers and then the bosses would come in and be like what the fuck are you guys doing Um, but that was right away that was my first experience of Toronto and then like I feel like I landed in the lap of Toronto just like (laughs) because it it um, I didn't ask questions I just got up on stages not with the intention to go and get up on stages I saw a stage and I walked on it mm. and it was like I wanted to challenge my uh, 
to e- extreme shyness. Mm. You know, that was such a live time. And I'm, I'm interested in you kind of setting the scene a little bit. So like, how do I... So, you know, I did that thing where I, I didn't necessarily need to work 10 jobs, but I really wanted to because I couldn't get enough of the city. Mm. And it was like, I... And like, like I said, the Gemini thing, like, I am shy as hell. But it's almost like being social takes like I just have to flow with it and that kind of takes away the the shyness maybe it's like an intimacy thing I don't know I don't mm. know um, so I was working at like Irie food joint on Queen as well you'd see me in the afternoon at the vice store and then you I would pop up at a um like a private party like a film party like a tiff party I was driving for Mercedes like driving celebrities around doing all sorts of like odd stuff um and where were you performing like at night, where were you hanging out? Where the were thing you... is, too, is that the where places that I worked at, no one knew that I was going and jumping on stages. Mm. The, the Irie had like um, like um, live musicians coming in all the time, and um, Divine Brown. Like I, there was mm. a night that was happening, Divine Brown hosted, and I jumped up on that stage, like not knowing who the hell Divine Brown is, like but like being blown away and inspired, like okay, yes, I think I got something. <laughs> Let me see, and then. I remember I can't remember who the artist maybe I shouldn't even mention the artist but when I came off stage after just kind of like leaving my body and closing my eyes and doing whatever came off stage and she's like you're such a liar I was like what <laughs> she's like you're full of shit I was I don't understand what are you saying she's like this whole time you can do that <laughs> I'm like what what does it even mean like why so when did you stop feeling like you were doing a good job at being half in but still half in and you know maybe you had this other social justice thing going on when were you like okay now this is my life I don't think that that happened for a very long time how long I was um trying to follow my heart and feeling kind of like Uh, maybe torn in a few different directions and um, there was uncertainty in my heart in my personal life I was in a funny relationship as well and I loved this person dearly and um, it was hard it was a really hard one all the while you know that's like the like love is the ultimate you know it's the main thing like you just want to live just to love and felt oh my god my world my world is just coming just tear it all down everything tear it down like I loved hard like fell hard Mm. and then like ran away to South Africa to Vancouver oh got a place uh furnished it and then was there for about two months okay and got a phone call from my friend Nick Holder He's like a Michael Jackson he, at the time. Like, he was like huge in, in, in South Africa. I didn't know that. Mm. I'm down. I'll go with you. We've done enough songs together. I can like sing five songs. And I can go visit my family, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And just lick my wounds. I had never been to Durban before. Mm. I was like, yo, house music. Mm. Yeah, you hear house music all the time in the in the on the radio in South Africa it's like mainstream music you know I wasn't really really drawn to electronic South African electronic music until 2009 mm. 
And that was that tour. That was that tour. There's like township, township, township and cultures and different kind of, you know, there's a lot of like the Durban side, the KwaZulu Natal is like a lot of Zulu Mm -hmm. culture and like Swazi, like I just kind of was, I felt like that tour going to these small towns and going to townships and, and seeing car washes or chisanyamas, um, um, barbecues, barbecue joints in the township. Like, this place is packed, solid. It's just like a mist in the air. There's meat cooking. People are in it. Like, it was like this rumble, and my heart was just like, this is what is going on in South Africa. this is I feel it mm-hmm. um, and then I kind of went to go and stay with family in Cape Town and just like extended my trip and then I extended it some more and then I just because of you know the internet and um, connecting with people the people that I was talking to in the UK and in like people started coming to South Africa. Red Bull Studios was like yeah. my stomping grounds. Like I was just there. Out of that tour, basically, you know, you came back, you, did, you tied up your loose ends, but you essentially were like, I'm going to relocate here. Not right away. I just kept like, I was like, mm, I've got stuff to do. Like, you know, South Africa's picking up. I had to keep coming back to like handle business or I had to like hold on to my residency or I had to like whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Why couldn't you make the decision? Hmm, good question. What was going on? I was I was in self discovery mode mm. when every opposite was nominated for nominated shortlisted for the Polaris. Mm-hmm. I was shocked. <laughs> I was like, how did they even hear this? Mm. <laughs> because. We were just like, we don't know what to do. Let's just... Da, da, da. And it got kind of, like, released, like... Was know, that that was released really. in South Africa first, It was right? just released in South Africa. Yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What were you getting in South Africa that you weren't getting in Toronto? It started to feel annoying. It started to feel like ridiculously unnecessary mannerisms, unnecessary like passive-aggressive behavior um I just mean I don't mean like the people that I that I love and that I'm connected to here I just mean the culture okay where maybe in a place like South Africa it's like there are 
there are other things that could easily irritate me like nothing works the buses are never on time or like the power goes out the power goes out there's blackouts yeah we're saving power as as a country like why do we not have water like what's going on but it's like that's just life and that's kind of cool that happens yeah it 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 was just maybe the timing and it was maybe the where i felt i needed to be and where i wanted to be and i it's that nomadic kind of like i'm definitely nomadic Mm -hmm. even now as a mom and a wife i'm like hey guys you don't mind if i (laughs) take off for a bit but being away from my son for a month was too long Mm mm-hmm yeah, I realized that for the very first time. So now you have an anchor to like, uh-huh. your nomad life. Oh, he's got to come with me, yo. Oh, yes, yes. Or, you know, yeah. he's that kind of guy. I will cherish you. Connecting with a crowd that is hard, like that screw face kind of like the hip hop mm. culture of Toronto. It's very, it is hard, but it's a beautiful training ground, as is Joburg. Because it's, it's a different really, kind of screw face, I'm sure, right? Yeah, you can, you have to battle, like you have to bring it, yeah. like no pussyfooting, no like, you know what I mean? You have to uh, you go, that you go and you, you, you bring yourself yeah. and all your ancestors with you. Mm. You know? Did you feel like you were taken more seriously as an artist there? Um, Or did you take yourself more seriously as an artist there? Maybe. That was like the beginning of taking myself seriously. (laughs) But I've always felt felt like don't take yourself so seriously. It's almost like this rule of thumb. It's like I respect myself and I know that I'm good and I know that I can work. Mm -hmm. Like I'm human and I'm... An emotional being and I am all of these things and um yeah like I don't want to compete with machines when you're in as an artist you you want like I, I get obsessive like when I'm building the vision when I'm building the sound when I'm you know when it comes down to like the texture and the the the, the, the feeling of things and, and and hitting that and that kind of thing but it's not a competitive um that's not my incentive the hustle is the hustle can be draining I've always been really protective about the art part Mm -hmm. I mean along the way as well maybe sabotaging like self-sabotaging along the way as well because maybe maybe fear or you know you're someone who I feel like people constantly talk about like I can't believe she's she hasn't like blown up in this huge way or I can't believe like everyone doesn't like know and love Zaki. Uh, do you, do you hear that a lot? Um, I feel like I yeah, hear Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. I do. I feel like, um, no, I know. I, I, um, how does that make you feel like just to be talked about in that way? It's almost like flowing through time, time kind of, stuff like going through dimensions like without being too trippy dippy about it um going you know between worlds and that kind of thing 
Um, and I'm not a social media gal. I can't like I'm I, here, every once in a while. I'm like, I'm just going to put this here, like put something there, you know, but I'm not like that engaged or that's not my reflex to do that. And I, what happens when you're not is that people that really strongly connected to your music at a really, really difficult time or a really poignant time of their life, like wonder where you went kind right. of thing. And it might feel like 10 years but it's been two years Mm -hmm. and then it's been three years and you're like wow that's like way back there and it's like this person you still do music it's like yeah I've been working constantly yeah my my son was four four months old when I was doing a huge festival in in South Africa or, or wherever in Berlin or you know Egypt but it's like I'm still flowing as an artist and still creating and and working with the themes of my life and learning, you know, about spirituality and learning about um, myself in relation to the world and that kind of thing and and presenting it metaphorically in a way. Yeah, being slow is not a thing that we're really accustomed to anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Now we're, we're really conditioned to expect something new every single day. Yeah. Do you feel pressure... Um, you know, you, you mentioned these people who might really connect with your music, wondering, you know, where you've been. Do you, do you feel, do you think about those people? I do. I'm going to be re-releasing my back catalog um, and trying to figure out a nice, sweet way to try to remind the people um, that I know that kind of <laughs> considerate thing. But yeah, I'm just... It's like you're lost in the, the creation of... Most of the time. Yeah. And the creation isn't just being in studio. The creation yeah. is like really all sorts of things. No, five years later that you released your next album, right? Your last album, Secret Life of Planets. Yes. So yeah, you took a break. I took a break. I um, Cape Town wasn't the ideal place. What I I thought that it was going to be uh, the ideal place to make that that album, Mm -hmm. um, based on my kind of energetic um, connection to the the land and the the history of the land and like that kind of thing and. Um, it ended up needing to be recorded in Toronto, but I wasn't living in Toronto properly. Mm. So I was kind of just like f- floating around doing doing that and then met my husband, um, had a child, um, mm, yeah, all sorts of crazy stuff. And around the time my, my, my dad passed away, just a little time before, a few months before um, my son was born, even at that stage, I don't think I think I was pushing so hard through my pregnancy. I toured here. Mm. That that I think I had a burnout during <laughs> during that, and the postpartum was insane. 
the postpartum was like a year and I didn't even call it postpartum I didn't do anything for it I didn't take care of myself self-love was not part of the the hashtag mm. thing there was no like you're like mourning and in a very long way yeah, yeah in a long kind of drawn out kind of thing because I still was like where's my dad like this is weird mm. like he's still not here like it was so denial yeah. And that's what you put into the record. I wanted to put into the record like the my my um my my spiritual my sci-fi beliefs of connectivity and how everything is um <laughs> sorry. No. The, the main creation of this record was the mourning process mm. it was um, like part of the postpartum and sometimes like I'd walk into a, the studio with Casey and Alistair Casey and Alistair held me down they were almost just like <laughs> you rub my back while you throw up you know what I mean oh goodness <laughs> that kind of thing yeah um, and sometimes it was I just wasn't all there and I just kind of like you know there's this concept of um, time overlapping time and and um, connectivity of souls and and through um, different um, different space and time like different dimensions and different like that kind of thing and how it relates to uh, the life cycle of a star and binary star systems and all of that kind of stuff but it spoke so perfectly um, to what I feel like I was going through and just kind of reflecting on you know how maybe my parents got together how I, my connection to my son and like that kind of thing and the idea of like here today gone tomorrow that one was one life new life yeah so it was like my thank god for that record did you ever imagine you would be that vulnerable in your music I still don't think I was that vulnerable. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> I still feel like I was like leaving some layers and like not saying exactly the thing or not like singing exactly the way. Like sometimes I polished the, the vocal too much. It was like I wasn't ready to be that vulnerable. I feel like the most vulnerable record is still to come. You know, after the release of that that album which was just like oh factor we have a deadline let's we have to get it out there otherwise we're in trouble <laughs> um put it out no plan whatsoever that was the burnout like release a record thank you for the wonderful review i'm just gonna go and like crawl into a ball now so but i'm here still working at like miraculously and like successfully I feel like I'm present in my work I am doing what I love I'm able to support my family I'm able to show up in life and that's like the ultimate success thanks for listening to burnout I'm still having a lot of fun doing this. It's not on a regular schedule, but I love having these conversations and I love sharing them with you. I want to give a shout out to Harry Nazen at Apollo Studios, Vocal Fry Studios, 
and Anaba Duncan for helping me with the recording. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends and also subscribe to my newsletter, which is also called Burnout. You can find that at anupa.substack.com. That's A-N-U-P-A dot substack dot com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.